Hello, everyone. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. My very special guest today is my longtime friend, Bishop James Payne. If you need special prayer, the Abundant Life Prayer Group is ready to receive your call right now. It's 918-495-7777 or online, oralroberts.com slash prayer. I believe in miracles. As a matter of fact, that's what this podcast is all about. My very special guest, Bishop James Payne, and I have been friends for many, many years. James, God bless you, and thank you for being on the podcast today. God bless you, Richard. It's so good to see you. James, uh, with all the history that you and I have together, all the great songs you've written, all the awards that you've received, songwriter of the year, artist of the year, entertainer of the year, all the accolades that have been given to you, what makes you tick? Well, Richard, I, I have to go back to when I met Jesus. I was born in a family, <clears throat> unlike you and your heritage. Heritage, I had uh, no heritage. I was a, at 19, I was a drug addict and an alcoholic. And I, at my third overdose of drugs, I died in the hospital. And they covered me up, left me for the undertaker. And I'd never been to church. And back then they didn't have Christian television, so I'd never heard a preacher. And uh, Jesus walked in the room after they turned the light off and, and uh, left me for the undertaker. He walked in the room and pulled back the sheet, touched me on my right foot and said, I'm going to raise you up and you're going to carry the gospel around the world. And he instantly delivered me from drugs and alcohol. And for the last uh, 52 years, I've been a Christian. And for the last 44 years, I've been in full-time ministry around the world. So what makes me tick is knowing that there are people just like me that need the greatest miracle of all, and that's the miracle of salvation and the miracle of deliverance. And I'd like to spend every day I have on this earth telling them about this Jesus that changed my life. So that's what makes me tick. What would you say to someone right now who's watching, who, who is on drugs and hurting right now and wishing that, that something like that would happen to them? Well, I know what's going on in their mind. The same thing that went on in my mind is a feeling that you cannot be delivered, that this has such a control over you that you'll never be able to break it. And the reason you feel that way is because you try on your own strength. You know, I got married when I was 17, had a child when I was 18, and I wanted to do better for my family. Mm -hmm. And I tried to quit. I tried everything. I tried rehabilitation. That didn't work. Uh, I tried everything, but when Jesus came, he broke that power over me. So I would say to you today uh, that, that are listening to me and watching me right now, I'd say to you that this same Jesus that touched my life can touch your life, and the same Jesus that broke that power off my life can break it off your life because I've seen it for the last 44 years. He's not just a miracle of, of healing. He, can, he has a, He's a miracle worker of deliverance. Did you begin preaching right away after that experience with Jesus in that hospital room? I tell you, uh, we had a revival and there was an evangelist there. You know, I hadn't been in church about a month. It was in it was in the month of November. It was about four weeks before Christmas. I was working on a job making $52 a week. <laughs> and uh, the reason I remember that, my first tithe check was five. Well, in the check, I was five $1 bills and two dimes. It was $5.20. And uh that evangelist was there on Sunday night, and I saved up $20 to buy my wife and my son something for Christmas. And he was taking an offering, and he was talking about how God can deliver you financially. 
he said, some of you are sitting here tonight with $20 in your pocket. And, and uh, you know, I hadn't been in church long, so I didn't know. I didn't know how he knew I had $20. But when he took the offering, I walked down and I handed him that $20 bill, started back to my seat. And he said, young man, come back. And I went back and he said, your music. Now, I never sung, Richard, never written a song, never sung or anything. He said, your music and your ministry will go around the world. Now, that was a prophetic word to you. It was a prophetic word. And I learned later on, uh, you know, I talk about seeds a lot. Maybe we'll talk about that today. But yes, uh, when it comes to the to seeds, there are two types of seeds. There's an annual seed that you plant every year. Then there's a perennial seed that's only planted one time and it continues to produce. And so the Lord gave me revelation in the last couple of years that that $20 seed was a perennial seed mm-hmm. that had a prophetic word attached to it and that it kept producing season after season after season. Uh, this year alone, I have had uh, in the music world, I've had 76 number one songs that I have written or recorded. Yes. I've had, uh, I, I guess about eight this year from different artists. And I recently won songwriter of the year. Now this is uh, 52 years later, Richard, mm-hmm. this seed is still perennially produ- still producing perennially. Jesus was a perennial seed. He only had to be sown one time. Yes. And he produces salvation forever. Did you start writing songs immediately after you had that prophetic word? Did the song ability come into your into your life? Well, after this minister said that I was to be in the ministry, I went and told my pastor, uh, I said, I believe I'm called to, to the ministry. He said, great. He said, I need someone to cut the grass at the church. <laughs> I'm telling you how it happened. And so uh, I, I became, you know, the, the lawn keeper. And I did a real good job for a year about that. And the second year, he said, uh, boy, you done so good. I'm going to let you clean the church now. <laughs> and, and he said, put the song books out and everything on Sunday morning and get everything ready. I'm going to let you do all that. And then I did a good job on that. And then he gave me the key to the church. He said, I want you to stay after everybody leaves at night and lock up. <laughs> and this is almost three years of training here. It wasn't Bible college, but. And after three years, he called me and he said, listen, I thought you would have quit by now. And uh, I didn't realize it then, but I realize it now that there's some tough things that go on in life and in ministry. And if you don't have consistency and stability, when problems come, you're not going to make it. And this is what he was teaching me. So after that third year, he said, now I want you to go down to the Piggly Wiggly grocery store where everybody he said, there's a big old green dumpster out in front. He said, every Saturday, I want you to go down there and take your Bible and climb up on that dumpster and preach. Mm-hmm. Now, Richard, back then, you know, because she's raised in the ministry, back then, every message was on hell or heaven or the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And uh, so the only message I knew, and so everybody came out of the Piggly Wiggly, I'd wave that Bible and I'd say, you're going to hell, everyone else. <laughs> And uh, I went and got me some index cards. And that first year, uh, I led 1,200 people to the Lord at that dumpster at Piggly Wiggly. Amazing. Preaching, you know, and uh, preacher. But, you know, uh, that's kind of how I entered the ministry. And you just you just kept it up and kept getting stronger and doing more and more. And then when did the songwriting start? 
Well, I had my first song recorded in 1983. I'd written songs before then, but had my first major recording in 1983 by the Happy Goodman family. Mm -hmm. That song now is in the hymnal. It was a song called The Cloud He's Coming Back On. Everybody recorded it. Uh, it went to number two. So right out of the chute, uh, I had a number two song. And about four years ago, the Kingsman Quartet recut that song, and it went to number four. So it was a hit twice. Mm -hmm. I have had uh, over, over 1,500 people, choirs, quartets, individuals, that have recorded songs that I have written over the years. And you've, uh, you've written several thousand songs. Uh, over five, over, over 2,500 songs that I know, <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, uh, I've, I've sung a number of your songs over the years and have loved yeah. your, your music and your writing, but there's one song in particular that I've <laughs> always loved, and you know what I'm going to say, because I want you to describe how you wrote it. The night that Jack Daniels met John 316, you've got to tell about that story. You know, I had never met Brother Copeland, uh, Brother Kenneth Copeland, and, and I was really surprised. I was in uh, Texas and and uh, went to uh, a meeting there, and he asked for me to come into the office, and I never met him. When I went in, he jerked me up in his arms. He said, James, I saw you sing that song, and I ran all through the house. And, uh, and, I, you know, and that song just crossed all kind of barriers. I was on a plane going to West Palm Beach, Florida, and uh, the guy over across the aisle ordered two of those little bottles of Jack Daniels. Well, when I used to drink, that's what I drank, mm -hmm. Jack Daniels whiskey. And uh, when I saw those two bottles, here's what I said. I said, Jack Daniels needs to meet John 316. You said that inside you? I said that inside. Within the next 10 minutes, I wrote that song. When I got to West Palm, I called my son and I said, if you can get the musicians together on Monday, I want to record this song. And I did. We released it to gospel radio and they refused to play it. They said it was too secular. Mm-hmm. Dan Crouch heard it, brought the TV and film crew to Nashville for two weeks, filmed a video and played it. And when that happened, 2,800 country music stations picked it up. Yes. And it went to number four in the country music charts between Travis Tritt and the Tractors was the night <laughs> Jack Daniels met John 360. <laughs> without a record company, without any production or, or, or any, anything like that. Uh, and, Every time I get an award or I have a hit song, my mind goes back to that $20 seed, Richard, that I planted that night. It was, it was the last $20 I had. And two things happened that night. I got a prophetic word, but nobody knew it was my last $20 but me. Before I left that church, I had five $20 bills in my pocket. People just walked up and said, I felt led to give you this. And so uh, God blessed the song and he blessed me. A seed changes everything. A seed predicts your future. A seed opens the door to your destiny. And I believe that. I was with you just uh, not long ago on a telethon in Houston, Texas, which was broadcast throughout America and Canada and overseas as well. And I noticed that you always carry a seed pack, a seed packet in your pocket. And you were talking about a, a word that you coined. I, I knew you'd have it with you. Uh, you, you. A word that you coined called seedonomics. Right. I wish you'd take just a minute and explain what you mean by seedonomics. And the reason I ask is because you said something on that program, which I later telephoned you about. 
yeah. and ask you if I could take it and just and just preach it. And yeah. that is that in the natural, the the uh, season or your 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 seed is waiting on the right season, but in the supernatural, the season is waiting on your seed. Would you share about that and seedonomics and as well as why you carry that little seed packet around with you? You know, my wife passed away seven years ago. Yes. And we always put in a garden. We live on 40 acres here in Nashville. So I always put in a garden. And the year after she passed away, I wasn't sure if I was going to put in a garden that year. And I went to the uh, home improvement store, passed by a seed display, and just stopped for a moment to look at the seeds. Didn't plan on buying anything because I wasn't going to put in a garden. And as I stood there, my life changed. This seven years ago, the Lord began to ask me questions. I was looking at the seed, and this happens to be watermelon seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happened to be uh, corn seed. And I'm standing there, and the Lord said, what do you see? I said, I see corn. I see tomatoes, mm-hmm. and, and I see uh, watermelons. And as I'm saying this, the Lord interrupts me, and he says, no, you see pictures of corn, pictures of tomatoes, mm-hmm. and pictures of watermelon. And man." What he said next was was incredible. He said, I'm going to give you this revelation because he said, my people have a picture of what I want them to have, but they don't have the product. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always been a student of your dad, seed faith. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, you know, I've heard uh, uh, Dr. Roberts testimony so many times about seed faith, but seed faith didn't originate with Dr. Roberts, he no. just brought the world's attention to it. From the Bible. It originated in the Bible. And then this farmer that came to your dad when he was not doing well financially and gave him four $100 bills and said, Brother Roberts, this is seed. And that's what started the revelation in your dad. And, and your dad made it the whole world aware of seed faith giving. Yes. Well, as I carried these seeds now for, for seven years last year, uh, the Lord gave me a word, seedonomics. And what he said, uh, he, he showed me the difference in economics and seedonomics. Economics is the science of financial foundation for, you know, a nation. It deals with supply and demand. And the economy rises and falls based on supply and demand. Yes. But seedonomics is the financial foundation for the kingdom that operates totally separate from from economics in this respect that Jesus spoke 43 parables in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about the kingdom. 27 of those parables have to do with seed time and harvest. And what he was showing us that the financial foundation for the kingdom of God is not economics, it's seedonomics. Yes. When you plant a seed, that seed manipulates economics. And so what seedonomics is, is the practice of seed time and harvest. Richard, the Lord only created seed one time. Yes. And when he created seed, he became the Lord of the harvest and man became the Lord of the seed. Now on the seed pack, and you've heard me print uh, you know, point this out time and again, there is a prophecy on every seed pack. Yes. And, and on this, you what's going to happen if you do what you're supposed to do. 
what you're supposed to do. And it's just like the word of God, you know, the word of God, there's a prophecy, you know, attached to seed time and harvest. Jesus, Luke 6, 38, give or sow, and it shall be given given good measure, pressed down, shaken together, uh, shall men give to your bosom. That is a law. Malachi 310, uh, bring the the tithe and the offering or the tithe and the seed, Mm -hmm. and I'll open the windows of heaven. So, uh, you know, there's a prophecy attached just like in the natural. And, and this is the thing that helped me. You never understand the spiritual until you understand the natural. Yes. See? And I began to study, uh, you know, about how the natural seed works. And I carried these seeds and I laid them out on my dresser. And I began to notice one day there's a prophecy on this corn pack. If I plant this seed in 95 days, I can expect corn. Yes. But on the back of this package, there is a color-coded map of the United States, and you have to look. And then out beside the map, it tells you that window of opportunity you have to plant this seed and get a harvest. Now, that's in the natural. That's in the natural. That's in the natural. Now, when I was in Nigeria last uh, December, I woke up on Monday morning. The Lord didn't even say good morning. (laughs) He just said, I want you to plant $10,000 today. I didn't come to plant $10,000, right? but the Lord was giving me this opportunity. And one thing I've learned over the years is God is not obligated to you or I beyond opportunity. If he gives us an opportunity and we don't take advantage of, he's not obligated us from to meet our need from that point on. I, I got ready to give that 10,000 and I looked down at this seed pack and it was laying on the dresser. And when I looked down at that map, here's what the Lord said. He said, in the natural The seed has to wait on the right season. Right. But he said in the kingdom or the supernatural, your right season is waiting on your seed. Now that is revolutionary to me. When I heard you say that a few months ago, it just set me ablaze. Yeah, because, and and that's what we need to realize is when God creates an opportunity for us to sow a seed, there's a harvest on on the other side of every seed. I carry this little bit of seed. This this seed just ignited Pastor Benny. I don't even know if you can see it on the screen here. Uh, it's it's just really tiny. It's just it's real. It's real small. <laughs> that little seed produces a tree two hundred and fifty feet tall and thirty five feet around the trunk. That little bitty seed. Mm-hmm. But see, I've been carrying this one for a long time, and I haven't had a tree because I haven't planted it. I've been carrying these packages of seeds for a long time, but. I haven't had a harvest. And this is what we have to understand is, is in the natural, you know, that's corn seed and that's, that's watermelon seed and that's tomato seed. And this is seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeds are produced in the cellulose of a plant. This happens to be made from the cellulose of wood and the cellulose of cotton. Yes. So this is real seed. Now I can take this and I can spend it on economics, or I can sow it in seedonomics, and seedonomics will manipulate economics. Mm-hmm. No matter what, uh, Isaac proved this in Genesis 26, in e- economically, there was famine. Yeah, yeah, he, and he wanted to run and hide until God spoke to him. That's right, but he sowed in the famine and got a hundredfold. See, because his seed in obedience to God it manipulated economics. Everybody else was starving to death, but Isaac had a harvest. 
And that's what we need to understand in America. Everybody's concerned about new leadership and 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 how the economy is going to be. And hey, I don't worry about that. I remember in eight, 1987, there was a recession and I didn't participate. <laughs> I just decided that economics does not rule my life. Seedonomics does. Yes. If I put a seed in the ground on the authority of God's word, I'm going to get a harvest. If I plant corn, I'm going to get corn. If I plant peas, I'm going to get peas at the right season. And if I plant this at the right season, at the directing of the Holy Spirit, uh, I will get a harvest and it'll be a bigger harvest uh, than the seed that I sowed. So that's kind of how I live my life. Well, James, that principle that you're talking about is what I grew up with, with my father, as you know, but you have given uh, a new spotlight on it to me. And I want to thank you personally for what that teaching on seedonomics has meant to me. Uh, James, there are so many people and many people in ministry who have who have had uh, husbands and wives go on to be with the Lord. Uh, your, your wife passed away some seven years ago. At that point in your life, uh, did you think that your life was over? Did you think that God was through with you, that you could never write another song, you could never preach another message? Or how did you handle that? Well, I, I tell you what, Richard, uh, Ruby and I was married 47 years. I married her when I was 17 years old. I didn't want to go on. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to end it all. I just wanted to go with her, to be honest with you. I, yes. I didn't, I didn't want to get up out of bed. Family came to the house and we fulfilled some of Ruby's wishes. And then they all left and I was by myself. Yeah. And the devil came and he said, he said, your, your life's over. You're finished. You're able to go on from here. You might as well give up. And, and I, I've never told this publicly. I've told some dear friends of mine, I've never told it publicly, but uh, I wrote out a note, Richard, and I laid down in the bed with my gun and I intended to end it all. I really did. And uh, while I was laying there, the devil said again, he said, you, you need a drink. You, you need some drugs. Well, it'd been, you know, uh, it'd been 40 something years since I had any drugs or alcohol. And I said, no, I, I, no, I, 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 that's not what I need. I need, need something else. And I, I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning, put that note in the safe and I had to go do television. <laughs> Thank God for television. I had to go to <laughs> Greenville, South Carolina to do television. And I decided to drive because it was five and a half hours. And as I was driving, I can take you to the place where I crossed this bridge. And when I crossed that bridge, it lifted off of me. God delivered me. God set me free. And I went to that telethon and I, I didn't even preach. I just sat down in front of the camera and people started calling. And uh, then shortly after that, God gave me this revelation of seedonomics. And about three years later, God gave me another helpmate, Lori. And this last weekend, we were we raised the money. We do this every year at Christmas time. We raised the money and we bought coats, hats, and gloves for all the foster kids in our city. And Lori did all the shopping. Lori handed them out. And then one day this week, we went to a family that have eight children and the wife is left and the husband's left to work two or three jobs. We bought $450 worth of groceries, took them to the house, ministered together, Lori and I, to this family. So I would say to you, no matter what you're facing, no matter, no matter what's going on, I found out that on every side of a battle, there's a blessing. You just got to get up, put your boots on, square your shoulders, and 
look life in the eye and say, hey, it's going to be all right. God's going to take care of this. And uh, You know, James, when, when we lost our firstborn child who died yeah. in my arms back in 1984, uh, and my wife pointed her finger at me and said, don't ever ask me to get pregnant again. She had had three miscarriages and now a dead son who was seemingly perfectly healthy, but within 36 hours developed a breathing problem and a staph infection, and with everybody we knew praying, was gone. Uh, Yet God took that situation and turned it around. And over the years now, we have three of the most beautiful daughters you've ever seen in your life. And God can take a situation, and He can turn it around for you. And I want to ask you one more question before I ask you to pray. Uh, What's next for Bishop James Payne? Well, I have a new book that'll be out shortly entitled Seedonomics. Good. I want a copy. Well, thank you. I'll give you a copy. Uh, I want and, you to autograph it. I want you to autograph it. Okay. All uh, right. Uh, I have I have your book that you wrote off the title of one of my songs autographed in my... Uh, <laughs> uh, good news is the bad news is wrong. That's right. I wrote for Mike Perky. Richard, I just want to get this message out. I know how this message has changed my life. And... And you have such a powerful miracle ministry. And, you know, you can't buy a miracle, but your seed positions you for the miracle. Yes. That's what people need to understand. It's not buying a miracle, but sowing a seed is an act of faith that positions you for the miracle. Uh, When Ruby got sick, I sowed a seed in Branson, Missouri, and they told Ruby she had two weeks to live. She lived four years because of that seed and would still be alive today, but she believed a doctor who was not a Christian. And he told her this new medicine uh, would make her cancer disappear. And it activated it after it had been idle for four years. So uh, I know that seed just recently, a pastor in North Carolina's dad, 82 years old, dying of COVID. They called the family in. The Lord spoke to him and he called me. He said, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm going to send you a thousand dollars. I want you to pray for my dad. His dad is back home driving cars, going everywhere, cutting the grass. He's alive. Praise God. You won't ever convince that man that that miracle didn't happen because of a seed. He said, so the seed. So, and so I would encourage your watchers and those people who are partners with you, Richard, I would really encourage them to sow into your ministry, to position themselves where when you come on and you pray for that miracle, they're in a position where that anointing that's on your life can flow to them. Mm -hmm. And I'd really encourage them to become partners with your ministry financially, consistently. So each month. As you sow each month, you're positioning yourself for miracles and for a harvest. Hmm. So I would encourage them to do that. And I just want to get this message out because, uh, you know, I I told you I was a drug addict and alcoholic. Here's what God said to me, Richard. He said, if you will get addicted to sowing, I'll help you support your habit. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. James, would you pray for people right now? I sure will. Amen. Father, I just thank you for this platform that we have to reach out to your wonderful people. Lord, there are those watching today that don't know you, and they can know you. All you got to do is pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I believe. I believe. 
You died for my sins. You died for my sins. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my heart. And I thank you. And I thank you. For saving me. For now, saving if you me. Minute, the Lord has saved you. You can call the number on your screen. You can, you can connect with Richard's ministry. And, and we'll help you every way we can. But there are those also that need deliverance. Father, I pray now for deliverance from yes. drugs, deliverance from alcohol, deliverance from religion and unbelief. Father, free them now that they might serve you in the joy that you give to those, Lord, who commit their lives to you. Now, Lord, I pray also that everyone who sows a seed, Lord, that you'll multiply that seed 100-fold and prove yourself to them. Lord, just like you said you would in Malachi 3.10, you said, prove me and see if I won't open the windows of heaven. I ask you to do that now, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Richard, Amen. I feel God today, and I thank you for allowing me to be with you. Well, I thank you, Bishop James, for being my friend over these many years. And my love to Laurie, thank you so much for being on this podcast. God bless you today. Tell Lindsay, I said, I love her too. God I'll, bless. I will do it and thank you. And my dear friends, you can always contact the Oral Roberts Ministry online, oralroberts.com slash prayer. Or you can call the Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777. Our prayer partners will receive your call and pray, and they will believe God for you. And then they will send that prayer request to me so that I can hold your name and your needs in my hands and pray and believe God. Listen, I expect miracles in your life. So get your prayer request to me, and you can donate to our ministry by going to oralroberts.com, right? As Bishop James was talking about seedonomics, you can support the Oral Roberts ministry if this is a blessing. If this podcast and our ministry is a blessing, thank you for every donation, and I'll set my faith with you for God not only to use it mightily for His glory through this ministry, but then to multiply it back to you, as he just said, and as the Bible says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God bless you today. OralRoberts.com slash prayer, 918-495-7777. I'll be back next week with another very, very special guest. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Expect a Miracle podcast with Richard Roberts. Remember, anytime you need prayer, we want to pray with you. Go to oralroberts.com slash prayer or call the prayer group at 918-495-7777. We believe God wants you healed and whole in all areas of your life.